Good morning, everybody. How are you all doing today? The sun's out. Hip, hip, hooray! After the torrential rain we had all yesterday. I um, hope that you're all doing okay and uh, that you're enjoying the sun this morning and uh, hopefully it will last for today. Um, we're going to start worshipping God in a minute, but if um, if there's anything you, you you feel that God is saying to you this morning, then if you could pass that on to your Connect Group leaders and... Um, uh, we'd be we're really excited to hear what God's doing and 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 what God's saying to us this morning. So we'll just pray before we start, and then we're gonna get cracking with a bit of dancing. So Heavenly Father, Lord, we just Lord, we just give this morning to you, Lord. Lord, thank you that uh, Lord we can still join together, Lord, in unity online. Lord, thank you, Lord, that very soon, Lord, we'll be able to be back together, Lord. And Lord, this morning as we worship you in our homes, Lord, as we hear your word, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would pour your spirit upon us. Lord, we're here, Lord, we worship just you. Lord, help us. Lord, help us this morning, Lord, to draw closer to you. Lord, you're so amazing. Amen. Right then, so uh, if you've got your dancing pants ready and uh, your energy, yeah. we're going to... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to just uh, dance for two minutes and then collapse, so let's go. I was nowhere, you came to my rescue. From the grave I've been raised. When I needed a saviour to save me, Jesus, you made a way. I was blind, but these eyes have been opened. Now I walk in the light. Every step on the road I will follow. Jesus, you made a way. You are the way. Looks like I'm on my own. You are the way. Lost and dead, but your love never found me. Jesus, you made a way. You are the way, you are the way, you're the light shining bright in the darkness, Jesus, you are the way, Jesus, the only way. Are you ready? Let's dance! My days are secure in your promise, never standing alone. You're the truth, you're the life, you're my future, Jesus, you made a way. I'm alive in the love that you give me, free to dance once again. You will lead me from glory to glory, Jesus, you made a way. You are the way, you are the way, lost and dead but your love came to find me, Jesus you are the way, Jesus the only way, you ready? Oh dad you're so embarrassing. You are the way, you are the way, you're the light shining bright in the darkness, Jesus, you are the way, you are the way, Woo. way. how come you get to sit down, you're the light shining, Jesus, you are the way. You are the way, you are the way, you're the light shining bright in the darkness, Jesus, you are the way. Here we go. 
bah. Oh, I wish you could see Ian dancing at home. Spectacular. Come on, Phil, let's see John and Ian. Woo! Hallelujah! You are the way. You are the way. You're the light shining bright in the darkness. Jesus, you are the way. Jesus, the only way. Hallelujah, Jesus. Woo! Well, I hope I'm the, not the only one out of breath. Uh, just need a few moments to uh, compose myself. Um, uh, uh, apologies for the theologically incorrect line in the chorus, the first chorus, where I said, lost and dead, your love didn't come to find me. It obviously did. So, uh, <laughs> praise <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. Right, so we're going to carry on and we're going to declare who God is.
Hallelujah. Fantastic. Thanks, Alan, for leading us this morning. So good. Uh, just getting us going and uh, declaring who God is. Uh, we're going to flip things around a little bit this morning. We want to leave a bit of time at the end just to uh, respond, just to allow God to speak to us. Um, please stay around to the end. We're going to give out information about how you can uh, register your place for our in-person gathering, which is going to happen at the end of May. We're planning one at the end of May and one at the end of June. So uh, in the next uh, few moments at the end of this service, you'll be able to book your place in for that end of May in-person gathering in Stratford. So hang around for that. But um, we started a series last week and uh, we're, we're starting a series where we're jumping into the book of uh, Joshua. Uh, and it's called Stepping Into Our Inheritance. And this is about us as a church uh, positioning ourselves or maybe more, more accurately repositioning ourselves as a church to be who God is calling us to be and to step into all that he's calling us to step into into this season. So I encourage you this morning, um, we're going to see God speak to Moses and it's the first time God speaks to Moses directly. And uh, I, I just sense maybe God wants to speak into our lives this morning, maybe for some of you for the first time, maybe you're not following Jesus, there may be an invitation this morning, uh, maybe for those that are, um, then uh, maybe God is just wanting to speak through his word this morning, and I want to encourage you get a pen and paper, uh, write down what you feel God might be saying into your life. <coughs> um, Maybe you want to just share it in the chat, maybe scriptures or a picture. You can you can maybe even video yourself earlier on. Alan just mentioned, why don't you video yourself, send it to your connect group coordinator and they can forward it through um, to, to one of us that's on right now. And we'll be able to get that played uh, at the end of the service. Um, we just sense that God is wanting to speak um, and he's speaking to us corporately. Uh, there's through through what I'm going to bring in this series. There's a vision uh, element to it uh, and also individually in discipleship about what it means for each of us to, to follow God. Because the key verse for this season for us is Joshua 3, verse 5. Joshua 3, verse 5 says this Consecrate yourselves today because tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among us. That's that's the call that we would be a people that are committed uh, to, to setting ourselves apart, to seeking God because He's so committed to past partnering with us to display his glory on the earth. There's something he wants to do tomorrow, but it requires us to do something today. There's an invitation for us to, to do something today, for us to show that we understand the true value of what God is wanting to do tomorrow. So we're gonna get ourselves ready. And so this is a season for us of being prepared and being ready for that which God wants to do tomorrow. And last week I tried to communicate the significance of the inheritance. That, that our inheritance and, and what we're stepping into when we step into our inheritance is not just a promise based on the future, but it's actually available to us right now. Uh, and so uh, if you're able to uh, uh, to grab your Bibles, we're going to be at the beginning of Joshua, Joshua chapter one. And we're going to explore the bit before Israel step into uh, the, the land that has been promised. They step before they step into their inheritance, what it means for them to start being prepared and what God does in them as they seek to step in. So Joshua chapter one, verses one to five. Uh, we're going to spend these next couple of weeks on this and, uh, and we'll see what God says uh, this morning to us. It says this in chapter one. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses's assistant. Moses, my servant is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan into the land I'm giving the Israelites. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Your territory will, be, territory will be from the wilderness and Lebanon to the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and west of the Mediterranean Sea. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you nor abandon you. Some amazing promises. We're just going to unpack some of that. Uh, so I encourage you just uh, let's allow God right now just to speak into our church community, into our lives as we as we step into his story and our part in that. Uh, so we pray that now in Jesus name. Amen. Um, I don't know about you, but as a, as a family, we've been enjoying the kind of easing of lockdown and being able to get out and about a bit more. And as a family, we went off to a, a kind of adventure area uh, recently, a couple of Saturdays ago. And uh, in that area was kind of playground stuff and tunnels and zip wires and all that kind of stuff and ropes that you could climb over. It was great fun. And the kids had a, had a fantastic time on the trampolines and all that kind of stuff. You'd be able to be, be out and about again. But one of the elements of this whole park was this massive zip wire. And we stood there <coughs> watching these children get harnessed up quite high up in the air uh, and they just jump off and fly down this zip wire and and both my children Isabella and Ruben were desperate to have a go and so um 
we uh, we got it organized. You had to book your time slot. So it was limited numbers, all that kind of stuff. We got the slot. We're queuing up and and they're ready to go up. And Cara takes them up uh, and I'm stood down the bottom with my phone ready to to film them coming down the zip wire. And Ruben decides he's going to go first. And uh, so they, they put the harness on and you could just see that he started to tense up a little bit started to get a little bit nervous and they get towards the edge and he just backs away straight away. And the, the guy there was brilliant, just trying to kind of encourage him, just just a little step at a time, but he wouldn't have any of it. He, he, he did not want to jump. He did not want to go down a zip wire. Uh, so they took the harness off and he stood to the side and Bella put the harness on. And before we had a chance to even get the cameras ready, she just launches herself and flies down this zip wire uh, and, uh, and just let herself go and just enjoyed it. Uh, and I think part of that, Ruben saw that my big sister's okay. She's she's fine. I think I can do this. So he decided he did want to do it. And so they, they get the harness all ready again. And uh, Bella's down the bottom waiting. And, and I'm there with the camera. And, and Ruben is there. He gets the harness on. But you can see he tenses up again. He gets nervous again. And the guy was brilliant. Just sort of held him up on it and said, look, it can hold your weight. Let's sit on the edge a little bit. And, and after a few minutes of just getting his confidence, he just leans forward and he went on the zip wire. And he went all the way through and, and we were so proud of him. And Bella ran up to him at the end and gave him a big cuddle. And it was a brilliant moment. But what, what I noticed in that moment was that it took something to die in Reuben for him to step into that which was before him. For him, the fear had to die and be a little less powerful in his life in order for him to step into that which was before him. I think we see something of that for the people of God in this moment. And I think there's something for us in this as we read this portion of the story. It says, after the death of Moses. I, I don't think we can overestimate the, the significance of that sentence. We might just read it, after the death of Moses, servant. For, for the people of God, the death of Moses is one of the most significant moments in the story. See, Moses was the one that, that rescued uh, Israel from within an inch of losing absolutely everything. Moses is up on the mountain in Exodus 32 and he's delayed coming down. And in that delay, the, the people that are, are waiting at the bottom, they give up and they think, I can't cope in this delay. Uh, and so they start to build a calf and they start to worship this calf. Amazing, isn't it? When we don't get what we want, when we want, we start to take control and do it the way we need it to do. But for, for Moses, what, what we see is that Moses is this man that, that reconnects the people. He goes into that tent and meets with God and, uh, and he was up the mountain and it comes down shining with the glory of God. It's through, through Moses that, that, that God works powers in the wilderness. In fact, if you jump to Deuteronomy 34, it gives a little bit of an insight as to what the people thought of Moses. And it says in verse 10 of Deuteronomy 34, no prophet has arisen again in Israel like Moses whom the Lord knew face to face. He was, listen to this, he was unparalleled for all the signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do against the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh, to all the officials and to the land. And all the mighty acts of power and terrifying deeds that Moses performed in the sight of Israel. Can you imagine the dismay in this moment that Moses is dead? Moses the one that has, has, has made everything happen up to this point in the story, everything that they've been hoping for in the story, up to, and suddenly it's gone, it's dead. After the death of Moses, see, some things need to die in order for other things to live. Some things need to stop in order for us to do other things. It means things have to change. For the people of God now, they've got to get used to the fact that Moses is gone. Joshua is who God is calling. Change can be a really challenging time for any of us because so often in change, what happens is uh, circumstances and situations and what we do changes. And because of that, so often our identity is found in what we do. So when what we do changes, we find that our identity becomes unstable. But actually what God is calling us is that our identity is not found in what we do. Our identity is found in who we are. And we're going to pick that up in a, in a few moments time. And we need to know that even though Moses is dead in this moment, God's promises still live on. Even though there's change, there's a, a new era, things are going to look different for us as a church. Even through society, things are going to look different. We can't get back that which has gone, but the promises of God endure and he's calling us into something if we let that which has gone die. As a church, we're going to step into some new things. I'm going to say it is a new era for us as a church. Why, since God is calling us into is something we've not done before. But I need you to hear this. The promises of God have not changed. We're in a season where, yes, Moses is dead. And we're going to explore all that that means, not just today, but over this coming season, individually, corporately. But we need to know this. Joshua is being called. 
after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun. God is speaking to us in this season. It means things are going to change. Change is always challenging, but we worship a God who is always doing a new thing. And when we're in him, the new thing shouldn't be, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? Because we're in him and he is constant and he is consistent. I'm reminded of the wineskins in the Gospels that Jesus tells this amazing parable. Uh, he's just healed a, a, a man who couldn't walk and has eaten at the home of a tax collector, one that whose, whose own friends would have rejected him because he he served the enemy, a man called Levi, because uh, uh, he's supporting uh, Rome and the enemy. And, and he gets into this conversation conversation with the religious leaders about certain practices prayer and fasting and he shares this parable in Matthew 9 and he says no one patches an old garment with unshrunken cloth because the patch pulls away from the garment and makes it tear makes the tear worse and no one puts new wine in old wineskins otherwise the skins burst the wine spills out and the skins are ruined no they put new wine in fresh wineskins and both are preserved the question is, are we going to be the kind of people that can be ready to receive the fullness of what God is doing now? Are we going to allow that which needs to die, die? This isn't a complete change for change sakes. Let's scrap the old. Let's just get rid of it because we're in a new era. Let's go. Now, much more important is whether we are going to receive all that God is doing in this season with flexibility, with compassion and with grace. See, that's what Jesus is challenging in the Pharisees. He's not saying you're gone, you're old. He's saying, are you willing to be flexible in what God is, is pouring out? Are you willing to give? Are you willing to show compassion? Are you willing to show grace? See, this is a season where we're being called to be consecrated. Flexibility is something that God is calling within that consecration. Now, we know how to be flexible because of what God has done in and through us in this past year. It's amazing how flexible the church has been as we've journeyed through one of the biggest shakeups in how we do church life in any season. God has been teaching something of to us in this last season about who he's calling us to be in this new season. Let's not despise the season we've just been in. Oh, we can't cope with change. Yet we've just been through something where God has taught us the most amount of change we've ever been through. We can't be flexible. We can't change what we do. Yet we've just had to. And God has taught us something. Compassion and grace towards those who don't yet know Jesus towards each other has been so evident during this season. God has been preparing something in his church for that which he wants to do. It's something that the Pharisees lacked as Jesus spoke to them. And if we're not careful, we miss what God has been doing in and through us to prepare us for that which he is calling us to do. And Joshua says to, to uh, God says to Joshua that in this moment, Moses is dead. There are some things that have to die. And I'm calling you to be the people that you need to be in order to do what I'm asking you to do. Moses is dead. And this is my point. In order to step into our inheritance, some things have to die. It's like Reuben on that zip wire. Fear had to die in order for him to step into that which was before him. For Joshua, he hears God. In fact, he hears him for the first time. As I said, he hears God for the first time speak to him. Prior to this, it's always been God speaking to Moses saying, now go and tell Joshua. But now is a different moment. It's a different season. Significant for us as a church. It's a different season. And he says to Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. In other words, your predecessor, that which has been intimidating you in your past, it is dead. Now, when I use the word intimidating, I don't mean that negatively. God isn't making a negative statement about Moses in this. He's not saying Moses was bad. He was holding you back. Forget all that he ever did. And you need to do completely differently. No, because in a few verses time, he, he says at the end of verse five, I think it is that just as I was with Moses, now I am with you. I will never leave nor forsake you. What he's saying, though, is Moses is dead. It's an end of a moment. Joshua, it's now your time to step in. Joshua, who at this stage of the story is already a phenomenal leader in his own right. He's already uh, great, but he's coming off the back of one of the greatest. So Joshua lived in a shadow, not of disappointment or failure, but of a remarkable personality. But Joshua, the shadow and the intimidation wasn't bad. In fact, it was overwhelmingly good. For some, the shadows that we live in might be so good that they prevent us from stepping into all that God has for us. For many, the blessings of the past can be the biggest barriers into entering the future that God has for us. 
for many, you might be using the Lectio 365 app, as I know a number of people in our church are uh, finding it helpful for just engaging daily with God as we journey together. And this week has all been about hospitality. It's been really challenging. And I, I, was, I was reflecting on that and reflecting on this idea that actually sometimes the biggest blessing can be what prevents us from going into what God has for us. Imagine that God blesses someone with a house. And, and you prayed and, and it was seemed impossible. And yet God opened that door and blessed you with that house. But now he's calling you to open your house for the sake of others. And you're like, whoa, hang on. This is this is my space. This is my haven. That which God blessed us in one season can prevent us from stepping into all that he has for the next. Maybe you get that job that you prayed for. But when God calls you out, the security and the stability that came with that job becomes a barrier into stepping into that which God is calling you into. The blessing can be so good, the shadow it, uh, that it brings is a comfort that we never want to step out from towards what God is calling us. Sometimes it, the intimidation can be so good from the past. Sometimes the shadow can be negative, ne negative words that are spoken over us as children that, that we cannot shake, that you, you live your life in response to that which has been done or that which has been said, that moment, that experience, and it's resulted in a feeling of you never measuring up, that it's all your fault. Whether good or bad, there are people and experiences from the past that can so easily dictate our present that they determine our future. Church, in order for us to step into our inheritance, some things have to die. For us as a church, there's some good things that have to die. We need to let them go in order to be all that God is calling us to be in this season that we're stepping into. God is saying, Joshua, before you take a step anywhere, OCC, before you step into anything of the inheritance and the promise I've got, there is something you need to know. And that is that your predecessor, anything that has been intimidating you, your past, good or bad, it is now dead. Step into that which I've got for you. But I want to say this. It's not simply enough to know that the past is dead. It's not simply enough to acknowledge we're in a new season. Let's get stepping into it in order for, our, for us to step into our inheritance. Some things have to die and we have to know that they are dead. We have to live in the reality that they are dead. They've gone. We have to live in light of the truth that we're not that person anymore, that that thing doesn't have control over me anymore, that we're not going to do that anymore. Even when it feels like the stuff of the past is not dead. You, you might read Joshua chapter one. In fact, I'd encourage you to read chapter one of Joshua this week and just notice how many times Moses is mentioned through Joshua chapter one. He, he's mentioned 11 times in 18 verses. I'm reading it going, are we sure that Moses is dead? Because he sure is being mentioned a lot. It's like maybe when you get that new job and you you step into that new job and everybody's talking about the person you've taken taken the job from uh, and they've left and they're like, do you remember Claire? Wasn't she brilliant? She was just like the greatest lead. She just she just made something within this team. We all felt accepted. We all felt loved. We just had such a blast doing our job. We just came to work and loved it. And we miss Claire. We really wish that Claire was back. But it's great having you here. Thank you for getting the new job. We really pleased you're our new uh, boss. And you're like, gee, thanks. That's kind of maybe what Moses feels in this moment. That, that, sorry, what Joshua feels in this moment. Moses is dead and yet he is so much on people's minds. He is so much being spoken about. Moses is dead. It may not look like it. It may not sound like it. But let me tell you, God is saying he is dead and he is dead. For you, you may be living your life and you go, the stuff in the past, it just seems to constantly come up, constantly be in my thinking. There's ways that I think and I just live and I just can't break free. You need to know the reality of that is that that is dead. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and see the new has come. This is not an invitation for a select few. It's anyone who is in Christ, anyone. Whether you feel worthy of it or not, when you say yes to Jesus, there is a death that happens and there is a new life that comes. Yes, of our old sin nature. Yes, of the, the patterns of thinking. Sometimes those things come up and they raise their head and they take us back over again and we can go, you're dead. What are you doing here? This is your identity. This is why we don't need to fear change, because our identity is that we are a new creation in Christ. When we're in Christ. It doesn't mean simply that our relationship with God is mended. It means that we are made completely new. We're not only forgiven as if that's not enough, but we're being forged into being a new creation. And if you're anything like me, it doesn't feel like it a lot of the time. But God has made you new. So often the old ways, the old ways of thinking come back and 
It's like Moses, every couple of verses, the temptation is to live in that place of what is dead and live like it's real. But we need to live in the reality that God says it is dead. The things of your past, those words, they do not define you. What is changing in our church, in our society, that does not define you. Who God is defines you and he says you are a new creation. You are defined by the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Paul says that when you follow him, there's a new way of living. And you don't need to live in that old way anymore. There is a change of status from sin to grace, from captive to free, from old to new. But the challenge is living in reality of it. Stepping into our inheritance means some things have to die and it means living like they are really dead. And there's a tension that we are made new and we are being made new. If we go down to Joshua chapter one, verse three. God says to, to Joshua, I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised to Moses. See, we have a choice to step into that which God has already given, to step into the life that God has already given. It's not enough to simply acknowledge I'm a new creation. Fantastic. Thank you, Jesus. We have to step into it by saying that which has gone before is dead. Our new habitat needs some new habits. We need to bring our actual life and the person that we are becoming and become into alignment with one another. They have to start marrying up. It's called integrity. We have to allow some things to die and live in the reality that they are dead, not going back, not picking them up, carrying around, but know that they've been dealt with by Jesus. It can be so tempting to trust our brokenness more than God's goodness. This is what Israel did. We're going to explore it in the weeks to come. But they are so familiar with the feeling that comes with that place of brokenness, that stepping out from under that shadow into all that God has for them seems too much because it requires surrender, requires trust. It requires relinquishing control and independence. But in that place, God says there's newness of life. I heard one preacher say it like this. If you do not let your pastor die, it will not let you live. Church, in order to step into our inheritance, some things have to die and we have to know that they are dead. And finally, this is where I'm finishing and we're going to go into some ministry. We'll see how that works on Zoom and uh, on live stream and all the rest of it. We'll see what God's, God does. We have to let them stay dead. To step into our inheritance, we have to let some things die. We have to know that they are dead and we have to let them stay dead. If you jump back to Deuteronomy 34, verse 5 and 6, it says, Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the Lord's word. He buried him in the valley in the land of Moab, facing Beth Peor, and no one to this day knows where his grave is. We know Moses is dead. We know from reading Joshua that Moses is dead. We know that he was buried outside of his inheritance, east of the land that was promised to him. He did not step into the fullness of what God had for him because of disbelief and, and unbelief and disobedience. But verse 6 tells us in Deuteronomy 34 that no one to this day knows where the grave is. Why tell us that? What, why make it so explicitly clear that the place where Moses is buried is unknown and nobody knows where it is? I wonder if it could be because the people of Israel are so tempted to live in that past glory, they will not step into that which God has forgot for them. That it can be so tempting to dig up that which is dead, that we never live in the moment that God is calling us into for the rest of our days. Could it be that it's the easier option to build a monument to Moses instead of becoming a movement of promise for the sake of our community? Could it be the temptation is always to camp out around that which is familiar, that which is safe, that which is known, even if it's that which is dead, because it's easier than stepping into the place of trust for what God has for us, because it seems too big. It seems overwhelming, but it's the place where we have to trust God for that which he's got for us. Moses is buried. He is dead and no one has a clue where he is. So they won't be tempted to go up and dig the bones and live in the shadow of that which is dead. Sadly, there are too many people throughout the pages of church history who cannot let the dead things stay dead. So many people live in the shadow of their past. They never experience the sunlight of their tomorrow. Because it's always easier to remain stationary, honouring that which is gone rather than stepping forward in living faith. In order to step into our inheritance, some things have to die. If we don't let go of that which needs to die, then that which brought us deliverance in one season will deny our inheritance in the next season. Moses is dead. 
He needed to die in order for the next generation to step up into that which God had promised. A whole generation missed the promise and had to die before God would commission the next generation. No matter how good things used to be, if we don't let some of those things die, we'll never step into what God has. In fact, for some of you that have journeyed with us, you've seen some stuff work in the past for us as a church. And that which delivered us in 2019 will deny what God has for us stepping into 2021, 2022 and 2023 if we don't let it die. For some of us individually, maybe it's attitudes and opinions and actions for us as a church, how we do and what we do and what we're going for. In order for us to step into our inheritance, some things have to die. And we have to know that which is dead, it is dead. No matter how many times Moses is mentioned, Joshua had to trust in God in order to step into the fullness of that which was promised. Paul will say it like this in the New Testament in Philippians. We've just studied it. Philippians 3.13. Forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. That word forgetting, it doesn't mean losing memory of everything that's gone in the past. It means leaving it behind as if it's done and settled with and pressing forward into all that God has got for us. We have to let go of that which is dead, knowing that it is really dead. Jesus has dealt with it. If you've said yes to him and surrendered to him as your Lord and Savior, then it is dealt with. We need to be those new wineskins that can receive the fullness of what God has. In order for us to step into our inheritance, some things have to die. We have to know that which is dead is dead and we have to let it remain dead. In this season, it's all too tempting to look back, to pull back to old ways of thinking, old patterns of living, to dig up that which is the past and camp out in that place. But if we do, we forfeit our inheritance. It's your church. We're, I, I'm finishing here. We're going to just gonna have a time of, 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 of ministry and worship. If anyone's got things they want to share, put it through your connect group or put it in the chat. And we're just going to we're just going to allow God just to minister. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit right now just to come and meet you in your homes. That God is going to do something really surprising where he's going to move amongst us corporately. But he's doing it in our individual homes. And we need to understand something. This is a brand new journey for the Israelites. They could not say they knew where they were going because they'd never been this way before. Joshua 3 verse 4, it says that people had not been this way before. It meant a season of exploration, not of experts. It's a huge shift in thinking that happens in this moment and we'll pick it up next week. The story of God up to this point had been one of deliverance, but God was calling them into a place of inheritance. We're going to unpack what that means for us as a church. As a church, we're going to step into some stuff that we've not done before. And you may think that the, the elders, the core team, that we're experts in this. We're not. We're exploring in this. I'm just responding to what I sense God is calling us in this season to be. And for, it, and for us, it means that in this season, there's certain things that we're not going to do in order to facilitate and make space for that which God is calling us into means without doubt that we need to lay some things down, some preferences, some opinions, some attitudes, practical ways of doing things. Do we know what all of that means? No. We're going to share it over these next coming weeks. What I do know is that Joshua's generation had faith. They had courage. They had boldness and a willingness to trust God in their moment. And it impacted Israel for generations to come. I sense that we're in a season where if we step into that which God is calling us into, that there is an inheritance and there is there is a heritage that will go beyond our generation and we'll start to see things happen in generations to come in the life of OCC. We have a choice right now. There may be those not yet followers of Jesus that become part of the family in years to come. Maybe they'll be the ones that lead the family way after we've gone if we're willing to step into our inheritance in this moment. And in order to step into our inheritance, some things have to die, we have to know they're dead, and we have to let them stay dead. And so we're gonna explore right now. We're just gonna invite God to come and meet with us. I encourage you right now in your household, with your kids around you, maybe you're on your own in your home. Why don't you just right now open up your heart to him Maybe you've never done that. And this is a moment where you just need to say yes to Jesus. I don't fully get it, but I need to say yes. And you need to hit that prayer request button and say, I've just said yes to Jesus. And I don't know what that means. Can you help me? Maybe for others in this moment, we're exploring what consecration means for us as a church to be set apart in this moment right now. What is God saying to us? And what are we going to do about it? So just going to let Alan play. 
and we're just gonna let the Holy Spirit speak. So Alan, will you just, just play for us and let's just invite Holy Spirit, will you just come and be present amongst us right now in this moment. We invite you here. We wanna know you better. So take us to a place of deepening intimacy right now. God, it's just like you to do that which we're not able to do. And we long to be together in a room and encountering this. You say, I wanna do it differently. I wanna do something in this moment right now. Don't miss this moment. So we lean into you. Our, our heart, heart posture is towards you. So let's just stop the distractions, whatever you might be doing alongside listening to this. Why don't you just pause in this moment? Maybe you need to change your posture, you need to stand. You need to put your hand on your heart. You need to do something that says inwardly right now, I need to respond. So outwardly, I'm going to do something. And Holy Spirit, we just invite you in this moment. Come and meet with your people. things that are dying 
honor and respect those that are putting stuff in the chat of my old ideas have to die in order for me to move forward. My experience is that when I give up trying the only thing, uh, give up trying, sorry, then that only then God can step in and do much more than I could ever ask or imagine. Just testimony of, of the faithfulness of who God is. Uh, and uh, Mary, who's part of our church, she just sent me this picture that she shared with our Connect group this week. Uh, she, she got this a couple of weeks ago, but it just seems so fitting for today. Um, and we were worshiping a few weeks ago and she asked the Lord uh, and she got a picture. And she put, I had a picture of someone stood on a hill with their arms outstretched up high and their head tilted back, taking in the rays of warmth and light from the Lord like rays of sunlight. It was comforting, caressing and totally enveloping. However, behind the person and below them, as they looked back, was a small hillock or outcrop cast in shadow. I didn't understand, so I asked the Lord, what is it? And the Lord said, circumstances. But that which was behind was so much smaller, it was cast in shadow. But the reality is where they were stood was on the hill in the presence of God. So I'm praying right now. If that picture means anything for, for you, uh, then we're just gonna pray that the reality of, of, of that new creation of being stood on that hill with the presence of God, that would just come uh, so strongly upon you right now in your home. That you would, you would sense the reality that, that God has taken you from that place and he's put you on a new footing. That those circumstances that still seems so uh, overshadowing, still seems so big. The reality is that in Christ, they are gone. In Christ, they are behind you. In Christ, they are small and you are stood in him. So God, will you pour out, just, I, I just pray right now, chains would break, chains of the past, chains of circumstances, chains of history that have intimidated. We pray right now in Jesus' name, they would just start to break. Just in people's homes right now. For you who feel it's all your fault, there's the word that you believe that it's all your fault. The chains are breaking in order for you to step into the freedom. freedom in the chat about a sense of frustration. God, I pray right now, we lay frustration down and we pick up the hope we have in you. Frustration needs to die, even healthy frustration in this season. And we pick up expectation. lay down 
the frustration of who we need to be and what we need to do, we pick up an expectation of who you are and what you are doing. Alan, I wonder if you could just lead us in a song. Let's just respond, let's just sing. Let's just make a declaration with our mouth. As we do, I'm praying that the Spirit of God would just start to fall on people in their homes. You sense his presence in this moment. And I just want to encourage you to share in the chat, share with your Connect Group coordinator and we'll forward it through to us. We can share just in these next 10 minutes. Come Holy Spirit, as we lift up, lift up the name of Jesus. No other name. We worship you in this moment. Thanks, Alan. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. Yes, I am who you say I am. Yes, I am who you say I am. i
some stuff coming through so we're going to try as best we can just to share some stuff i think we've got a video um uh, phil is that ready to share can we share that video right now i was asking um god what are the things um maybe not we're trying stuff on the on the huff here like i said we're not experts we're exploring so we're exploring how we can uh, allow god just to speak into our community instantly in this moment so uh, i'm gonna um phil's just saying one second um uh, let me just read some stuff out in the chat something from hebrews 12 uh, about discipline and and what god's doing in this moment might seem unpleasant for some but actually what it yields uh, is a fruit of righteousness Amen. Uh, come ever closer to me, my children, and find security in the overwhelming love I have for you through my son. Just uh, uh, Eddie and Maureen sharing that with a word from the Lord. Um, uh, Isaiah 55, that my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts, says the Lord. Um, let's just keep sharing. We've got a couple of things. If we've got a few more minutes, if you can just stay with us, we're going to share a video from Jess. Uh, and I've got a testament to share of what God's just been doing during this service. Uh, just really sense God is calling us into something and we're going to give opportunity and moments for that. So let's just let let something go right now just to prioritise this moment of being together. Uh, so Phil, are we good to share that video? Um, I was asking um, God, what are the things um, that need to die in my life in order to step into that inheritance that he has for me personally? And I just had this real feeling that those things were a massive. I was asking um, God, what are the things um, that need to die in my life in order to step into that inheritance that he has for me personally? And I just had this real feeling that those things were a massive block in in my life in actually reaching out to God, that they actually stood in the way of um, me reaching God um, the way he wants me to. And so I I felt that I had to hold them out to him and, and, and hand them to him. And I'm wondering if that's um, the same for anybody else this morning, whether they have to um, list them and, and physically hand them over to God this morning and to, to give them to him. Um, yeah. Amen. Fantastic. What well, a great encouragement. Uh, thanks, Jess. Just, I, just, I want to echo that. Sometimes we need to do something in the physical that God is doing in our heart uh, in order to solidify that which he's doing. 
um, and, and to make a declaration that, that which has been holding me, blocking me, there's something that is dead already and I need to acknowledge that it's gone. Uh, so maybe writing those things out, maybe get with a trusted friend with your connect group this week if you're able to. Uh, whoever it is you need to do, don't waste this moment. Uh, I, I, let me just check, see if anyone else is sharing anything. Um, Nikki just encouraging there, completely identify. Um, God's doing something amongst us. Uh, and uh, we're going to carry that through with our connect groups and I want to encourage us um, just to just to keep seeking these moments with God. Uh, there's something that only he can do that will take us into that which he's got for us. Uh, and, and I was elders, we're praying more than we've ever prayed and we're going to lead the church into praying more than we've ever prayed. Uh, and we're going to just gonna seek what God is doing. He's he's calling us into something and we need to be prepared today. We need to be serious about who he's calling us to be. And I just want to encourage you with this before Ian comes on and just shares uh, some of the stuff that's coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, let me just share this. Jonathan, who many of you know, who shared a testimony of salvation, who's come to faith during this lockdown, watching online. Anyone who says God can't use online and our worship has been stopped, uh, we need to know that the salvation has been happening whilst we've been gathering online and Jonathan's testament on Easter Sunday was so powerful for that uh, and he's just sent me this message he put my chat isn't working but I'm watching the service in tears because I've been praying for help in letting go of my past in order to move forward I felt bound by chains for so long and I'll um and um while you were talking I fell to my knees I felt awful for about a minute so negative and so awful but after that came a sense of freedom and a sense of seeing a light at the end of the tunnel, a direction to move in, a way to move forward into what has been laid out for me. Thank you. We just give testimony to God and what he can do, uh, that he is saving power and that, uh, that in order for us to step into our inheritance, some things have to die and that can be painful. But it needs to happen in order for us to step forward and we have to live in reality that they are dead and we have to let them stay dead. So let's encourage each other. I just want to encourage you. Why don't you reach out to somebody in our church? Reach out to somebody that's on your heart right now. Let's encourage each other to keep pressing into God in this season. Let's just keep going. Uh, Ian, will you just uh, help us with knowing what's happening in the coming weeks and stuff? That'd be fantastic. Sure. Sure. No problem, John. That's fine. Um, just a couple of things to bring to your attention uh, then is that we, uh, over, over the last seven days or eight days, is Elam Missions, we have been on a bit of a prayer journey, so just want to invite you as a church uh, to, to join in with that. Uh, pray for the nations of the world. I think John or somebody will post the link in the chat, hopefully, at some point. If not, it'll go out an email to you. Uh, just a real sense of God doing something in those moments. But really, this is a crucial, this is a crucial announcement for us as a church. Uh, uh, on the 30th of May, we'll be able to gather again uh, physically. There's going to be some restricted numbers, so you're going to need to register through an Eventbrite page, which will be put out through the emails uh, that you can sign up for, which should be in the, the a link in the chat there for you to do that. Uh, but that's really, really important. We're get, we are in partnership with the URC Church, who are letting us use their building uh, for our gatherings. And so the, the first one is going to be on the 30th of May. Uh, youth and Kids videos, I think, to be we posted now as well for you to be able to use at some point throughout the course of today or this week. And if you're able to give into the life of uh, the work of OCC, uh, then please use the link that's on uh, that uh, the chat there. It's been a great morning, hasn't it? Um, who would have thought that God would uh, God would be able to use technology in such a way to minister into people's hearts? But then it shouldn't really surprise us because God is uh, the one who's able to use all things and has given all things for his glory and his namesake. It's just great that we can redeem technology for the advancement of his kingdom. So I love hearing those stories uh, today. Um, just I want to pray in a moment, but maybe... Maybe, you know, you're going to identify some things that do need to die in your life. Maybe, uh, maybe there's an influential figure, um, not that I'm saying that they need to die, but maybe there's an influential figure that you need to step out from under their shadow. And it's not because they're bad. It's not because, like Moses, they were great, great leaders, great people, people who are, have had a significant impact in your life and you will continue to love them and, and, and honour them. But maybe they've got an influence in your life that is, not, is hindering you from stepping into all that you've been purposed to be and God has called you to be. And the relationship will change, and that's okay. Joshua 
I believe, would have grieved for the loss of Moses. I don't think he was celebrating, or oh, now I get to lead. I think he would. Have, I think he was grieving. Uh, and yet Moses had to get out of the way in order for Joshua to do uh, what God had called him to do, just as John has, has, meant, has, has taught brilliant this morning, just in terms of stepping into, into the inheritance. But maybe that's for somebody this morning. Maybe you just need to give some consideration as to how you can move out into all that God has called you to be. So, Father, we thank you for your amazing grace. We thank you for your call upon us individually and corporately to step into the things that you've called us to step into. Uh, Lord, sometimes that can sound very vague. Um, and sometimes some of us want control. We want plans. We want a strategy. We want the end objectives. We get all of that. But Lord, in this moment, we're believing to trust you to surrender control of outcomes um, surrendering the process to you. And Lord, would you take us on an adventure, an adventure together into the things that you're calling us into, the things that we know to be true. But maybe there'll be some surprises along the way, Lord, that will reveal your glory to us even further. So help us to live a surrendered life this week, a life given over to you, stepping into all that you've purposed us to be in Christ Jesus, for your glory and your namesake. I ask these things. I hope you have a fantastic week. Thank you so much for joining with us today and take care. God bless you.